unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. Tonight, we have the ranty bastard with us who evidently has been off the microphone for two years. Is that correct? Sadly, yes. It's been way too long, and this is the perfect opportunity to get back in the game. So thank you very much. Oh, well, thanks for reaching out. Like I said, you know, uh, I believe Adam Cott says it best, uh, rising tides lift all boats. So here we are. Uh, What's up, Throat Punch? And Irish says, happy St. Patrick's Day from Ireland. It's St. Patty's Day here as of one minute ago. Yeah, you nod, owl, you. You are so dedicated. But anyway, tonight we are going to talk about being a fixer and why it sucks. And for anybody that's watching this is wondering what the hell I'm talking about, look at it this way. So you're working somewhere as a store manager and you're, you're done with that and you're looking online for jobs and you see all these store manager jobs. Well, don't be fooled. None of those 99% of the time are a new store. You're not going to apply for that job and get some bright, brand new, shiny store to go run. Nope. You're going to walk into a situation where it's a store that's probably in the floor, has terrible staffing issues, can't keep a manager, and you're going to go in there and you're going to work yourself to death. And what happens is, if you're good and you fix it, the next time they look at you to put you in another store, it's still not going to be a shiny, brand new store. They're going to send you to another shithole to fix. And that's how you get trapped. And when Ranty reached out to me, said he was familiar with that. So give us a little bit of your experience with that, sir. Um, so, so I hate being the fixer. Absolutely hate it. Cannot fucking stand it at all. Because it is the management equivalent of, you know, everybody that we have that's part-time that's worked for us and they do a great job. You give them a little bit extra to do. It's just magnified at the management level. It's, you know, working, working, getting your stuff done so that you can do everybody else's work. Um, and I mean, as far as a fixer, there's, there's three types of people that do it. There's the brown noser who's just trying to kiss some ass and make a name for themselves. There's someone who's, actively trying to get promoted and will fall on any sword that the district manager lays out. So, Oh, Oh, that, that store's wrecked. Yeah, absolutely. Boss. I, I can, I can get over there three days a week and make it work. These are generally younger, uh, no family life might have a significant other, but they're, they're pretty career oriented. Um, which, which leads to the third type uh, people who are good at their job very early in their retail career, uh, they're just naive. They wonder why, well, you know, John over at this store has 20 years experience. Wouldn't he be better? Oh, no, 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 no. You're, you're the perfect guy to go in there and fix it. So it's, it's those three, you know, the young and dumb, the ass kisser, or the guy's trying to make more money or girl, whatever the case may be. Um, and, and it only exists really to me for one, one reason, and it's two people's fault. You've got 
So the only two people to blame are the store manager or the district manager. That's really it. Um, it's general incompetence by either one. So, you know, either the store manager just can't get their shit done in their own store or the district manager won't hold that store manager or anybody else accountable, whether they're scared of them. It's, it's a favoritism deal. God, I've run into that. And, you know, it, it was the, the district manager and this particular store manager played golf together, posted photos of them on the links on the weekends. Okay. The district manager off on the weekend, I get store manager off every weekend playing golf with the DM. How the fuck does that happen? Right. Favoritism, obviously. Um, and of course, who's going to hold that person accountable? You know, you might say, oh, well, you, you kicked the ball, man. I got to give you a one stroke penalty, but your store's fucked up. But hey, you come out every Saturday. Come on, let's go. Um, it's, it's the absolute worst because not only do you bust your ass, whether willingly or unwillingly, um, but you have 100% of the responsibility. And that's where it kills because you have 100% of responsibility to turn this fucking dumpster fire around and to, to do the planograms, to hire people, whatever the case may be. You reap absolutely no benefit from doing this because I hate to tell you, but thank yous do not pay the goddamn electricity bill. They don't cover car insurance. Yeah, sure. If it's a store far away and you can get that expense report for mileage, hey, that's great. But that shit dries up quick. It's gone really fast because as soon as they get that expense report and realize, oh, damn, we're shucking out 150 a, a week for this guy to drive over there and fix it. No, no, I think you, I think you got it good now. No, you're, you're making too much money. We're fine. We're fine. Because the fixer never, ever gets any benefit out of this. Um, and, and, you know, quite frankly, should anybody ever agree to be the fixer, volunteer to be the fixer? I have a very simple two-word answer for you. Fuck no. In no way, shape, or form should you ever agree to go fix another store by yourself. There are times when it may warrant, you know, that uh, a select crew, usually of store managers, because uh, uh, what's, what's the term? Free labor. Yeah. Yeah, store manager, you're salaried. You're free labor. Yeah, you know, if, look, if five or six people are there, and it's an honest one day's work. That's one thing. But if you have to short your own responsibilities and run the risk of your own place falling apart to go fix somebody else's fuck ups, eh, it's probably not the best idea. Because, again, all they're going to do is give you a pat on the back, maybe a little gold star. But when it's time for that next promotion comes up, as has happened to me, no. That favoritism, that nepotism, it will come right back around and bite you in the ass, and you can kiss any chance of getting a company car and a gas card and all that. You just forget it. You wasted however many hours you pumped into some, I don't know, idiot that just couldn't get the, couldn't get the job done. You pumped all your time into making that person successful or at least not getting fired that week, and uh, 
you got nothing but miles on your car. Damn. I love you already. <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of what, what you said there, I mean, shit, that's exactly how it goes. And you, you're right about, especially the ones that come up, you're good at it quick. And, you know, what happens is you kind of find yourself in a routine. And at one point in time, you actually kind of become a victim of your own bullshit and you believe it. And you're like, well, I can fix this and I can fix this and I can fix this. And it takes years and years and years before you learn, why the hell did I do that? Because, you know, you talk about like the brown noser and whatnot. The brown nosers are the ones that get the shiny new stores. You know, they're the ones who's kissed the district manager's ass and, and been all up in there seeing what's in their intestinal tract. And when the new store comes open, they're like, me, 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 pick me. And it's just automatic. But the guys and gals out there in the trenches who are busting ass and fixing these things, it's you're never going to get any more money out of it. And you're just going to get shipped to the next problem. And they and what happens is the younger and more naive you are, you think that's a good thing. So you're thinking like, well, okay, I fixed this one. And now they want me to go fix another one. But you're 100% right. You don't get anything out of it. Nine times out of 10, there's no raises. You know, you may go to a higher volume store. And the raise you get is like the equivalent of like a a performance review, which is like 2%, which is never hardly a fucking thing. Whoa, whoa, 2%. Hold on now. Let's not get carried away. I know, right, right. But, you know, and what I found like with me personally is I tricked myself into thinking that it was a challenge and I would go in and and I'd get, you know, go to some store that was in the floor or whatnot. And I would like for the first 45 days, damn near kill myself and basically fix it, you know, and flip it by yourself. Cause it's usually what happens. And what do you get out of it? You might get a corporate visit where they say, attaboy, you're right. It, 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 I'm not getting more money. I'm salary. You know, and like you said, the amount of times you get, that's another thing that you brought up that's perfect. When they discover you are a fixer, not only do they want you to fix your own store, they send you off to fix others. And you're 100% right. The, the, The fault is with the store manager whose store you're fixing and the district manager. First of all, if the district manager was worth a damn, those stores wouldn't get in that condition to begin with. Exactly. And, you know, and what happens is you wind up on this, these SWAT teams that go out and fix stores. And the only reason you're doing it is to cover the DM's ass. That's it. Because the DM doesn't want the RVP knowing that, oh, you suck and you let that store fall like that. And how how many, how many times have you visited this store in the last month? Oh, I've, I've been here every week and the, the, the entire staff has no idea what the fuck they even look like. Yeah. Perfect example. And the fuck today, I see you out there and you know this. So I go to be a store manager for a home decor place, right? And I did not know at the time that they they had stupid, you know, titles. Your assistant was a store manager and your store manager was a store director. So I take this job, all right? The store is torn all to shit. And all of a sudden, I'm there. uh, I don't know the fuck you. You make it help me out here. I'm thinking like four or five weeks into me being there, the store director decides she's leaving. So I go through this interview process, right? They give me the store. I went almost two and a half to three months before I ever met my district manager face to face. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And what happened was the store was in such a shitty condition. There was a person who lived in our town who actually worked for corporate. And she went over the DM's head saying, hey, you need to send this guy some help because you just gave him basically a shit pile to clean up. And then it became my fault because the DM had not been there. Now, mind you, I didn't see him. He hadn't been in that store. What was it? The fuck? Like. He hadn't been in that store for like four or five months. Jeez. Had no idea what was going on in that store. And somehow it's my fault. But there again, what happens? They send a bunch of managers. And why? Just to cover for the DM. Had nothing to do with me. They didn't give a shit about me. Mm-hmm. It was like, we got to make the DM look good. It's just the craziest shit I've ever fucking seen. And yes, I worked my ass off, but found out how crooked these people were. And really and truly, that was the business that broke me and said, that's it. I'm done. You know, uh, what have we got in the chat here? Um, The assistant manager is, in my opinion, everything I wish our head manager would be. That's usually what happens. Your your ASMs sometimes wind up being better. Uh, There was a question that I want to get your take on, Ranty. Uh, Irish Connection said, do fixers suffer burnout faster than ordinary managers in your experience? Um, again, it's relative to the district manager. It really is. So I had uh, had one district manager uh, that I had a good working relationship with. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh, it was in the auto parts industry, and he didn't know that, you know, when you're talking about the driver's side of the car, it's the side that the driver sits in. So that gives you some extent of his automotive knowledge, which certainly didn't help anything related. But, uh, you know, he, he and I had a good working relationship. Yeah, he'd ask a favor. Hey, yeah, sure, man, I can help you out. No problem. Anything I needed, I got it. I didn't mind it. Granted, the one store in particular was in a, uh, it was in a rough neighborhood. So... A lot of it wasn't necessarily the store or the store manager's fault even. Um, and, and yeah, I went down there several times and, and cleaned and coached and all kinds of stuff, you know, really helped them out. Now, on the flip side, when you have a shitty district manager, we want to talk about the fixers always sent here, sent there, sent here, sent there. Um, you get a shitty district manager that you don't have a working relationship with or, or a good one. Uh, that's when you can take the opportunity to immediately become the black sheep of the district. Yeah. Been there. They come, yep. They'll come right to you. Hey, you know, so-and-so before me told me that you were great at doing this and that. Hey, look, I got a problem over at such and such a store. Hey man, can you, can you really, uh, you know, help me out, you know, go down there, take one for the team. And if you want to fall on a shit list faster than the Hindenburg going down, all you have to do is say no. Why not? You, you know, the other guy said you do this shit all the time. Yeah, well, you know, he, uh, you know, he came around. He showed appreciation. I mean, yeah, sure. He bought a cheese pizza for the team one time and cut it into 16 slices. But it's more than you've ever done. So go fuck yourself. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, my store is getting visited twice a week. My people are being asked questions that are so far in the back of the corporate, you know, jargon and playbook that they don't even know it. 
Oh, what's what's this acronym mean? I don't know. Does an acronym help you sell more batteries? No, it doesn't. So who gives a shit? But yeah, you you want to put the screws to yourself real quick. Go ahead, go ahead and say no after you've been a fixer for hell anything more than three months, and they will come and fist fuck you harder than you can ever imagine just because you're tired of the bullshit. Oh, yes, you are correct. And they know when you're tired of the bullshit because all of a sudden your demeanor and your attitude towards everything changes, and you are right. You become the the part of the bad kids group, mm-hmm. you know. And, if, and another thing that kind of goes along with that is I believe that as you get older in the business and, and you've become a fixer, you – you become cognizant to all the bullshit, all right? And so you're less likely to put up with more. You know, you don't fall victim to the ass-kissing and the nepotism, the favoritism. And, and you're kind of mouthy in a professional way that you let people know what your thoughts are on it. And that will get you on that blacklist real fucking fast, too, uh, to yep. the point that the fuck today and I went to this management conference uh, out in Texas and we sat by ourselves because we were like, officially we were like the bad kids group to the point that our DM came to us and is like, um, can you guys come sit with us? And and we did, but we we're like, why you guys don't even like us anyway. You're not sending us any help. We're free thinkers. You think we're assholes because of it. Why? No, we're not part of some team, <laughs> you know, it's just, and, and I think, you know, a large part of what you said is 100% true about being young and doing it mm-hmm. because you don't know any better because, you know, you're young and your ego's getting stroked and you go do this shit. And it and, and you don't realize until later on and you get out that you damn near killed yourself. I, I'll never forget working for uh, Jesus's craft store, being like <laughs> working. Uh, my record for most hours worked in a week was like 94. Okay. And I did it because I had to get this reset done. What I mean, okay, if they would have fired me, life would have went on, you know, but I was so into this, I'm so good, I can get this done. I damn near killed myself. And now doing the podcast and getting out of having keys and whatnot, I look back and I'm like, damn, I was a stupid fucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're nail on the head right there. Because so, so what I found being an ex-fixer, and now with a different company uh, on account of being fired for that podcast, um, which my, my crowning achievement was two things with that, just a sidebar real fast. A, they had to listen to it after somebody narked me out to the corporate office, DM, whoever it was. They had to listen to lines about you know, there's three C's in retail that'll kill you, customers, corporate, and coupons, you know, and, and they didn't like that. Uh, I had posted an episode the morning that I was fired uh, where I may or may not have had a little bit too much to drink and complained about a lady, a prototypical Karen came in, raised her voice, screaming, so forth and so on. And on the show at some point, I said I was ready to to cunt punt her to the moon. <laughs> um, that line, so again, it was released that morning. That line was used in their line of questioning that afternoon. Wow. Where the DM 
in front of HR had to read his notes and say, I mean, come on, you know, we're, we're, you got such a negative attitude towards customers. You, right, right. I mean, you, you said in one episode, you wanted to cunt punt that lady to the moon. And, uh, I, I actually paused from the, you know, they were, they were trying to break me down so forth and so on. And I just looked at the girl from HR and I was like, you let him talk like that. Oh, good call. Yeah. Cause I mean, at this point I hadn't fessed up or said, yeah, it's me. Fuck you. Um, but yeah, that was, a that was a, a crowning achievement. And I, I completely lost where we were just going prior to that because the word cunt punt gets me all kinds of excited. Well, that's, that's pretty impressive, man. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, <laughs> the, but you bring up a good, uh, a, a good point because, you know, I was very uneducated and like the legalities of like labor laws and all this other stuff until I got out and started researching all this and doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, it's like, you know, we discussed off, you know, off stream, you know, how even, even you, you know, you, you were keeping things separate, you know, from your workplace, but yeah. now knowing what I know, you know, I haven't crossed any lines, but if, if they tried to do that, that's not going to end well. <laughs> You know, because now I have the knowledge to know um, you. there's some lines you can't cross. And you make him try to intimidate somebody and say that you can. No, I'm going to be like, okay, come on, let's go. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah, that uh, that night, I, uh, I, God, I think it was Periscope was still around back then. Uh, so I, you know, figured, well, you know, I, I owe it to the listeners you know, I'll tell them why we're going to be taking a break uh, for ended up being like two weeks. Uh, you know, why, why we're going to be taking a break, what happened, so forth and so on. Uh, and at some point in that in that rambling, uh, I apparently threatened to give out the district manager's phone number so that people could, quote, send him a random dick pic. Wow. Yeah. Um, Monday morning, there's a knock at my door with a certified letter from a legal attache advisor, whatever it was. I've long since thrown the letter away, although it was a crowning achievement for some time. You should have framed Uh, that shit. I should have. I should have. I had it right in front of me for the longest time. Uh, But uh, the lawyer had to actually write and put in quotation marks, send a random dick pic when they sent me this letter telling me I could no longer be on their property, go in their stores, shop there, anything to which I sent a certified letter back and said, why the fuck would I want to do that anyways? No problem. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's waste of legal paper because like, would you go back? No, (laughs) no, I, I have yet in the five plus years it's been, I have yet to even look at their website to see if they have something I might need in stock. I gladly shop even overpriced competitors. I I will never. I will never give them a dime. They don't have to worry about me coming in their building. What, do they think I was going to charge in there with an AK or something? Oh, you guys fired me for my podcast. You all have to die. No. Never yeah. once. Now, you know, I've, I've never been, obviously, you know, banned from anywhere. But I've, I've shopped at locations, you know, maybe not the exact location I worked in. And and sometimes I do it, you know, I, my, my tenure at, at Jesus's craft store wasn't great. I mean, there were a lot of good things that happened, but there was also a lot of bad. 
but you know, we'll still go into one. And I like to go into some of these stores to see how it's changed. Have their standards dropped? Have you know, you know, you you can tell when, when shit's going bad for a company by going into some of these stores. And uh, but you know, if if one of them told me, hey, you know, you can never walk into a Jesus's craft store ever again. Okay, it's fine. I don't buy anything from there, so it's okay. I'll you see know, you I'll, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting now knowing what I know. There, there's a lot of threatening activity on how they try to get rid of people that it's just not legal, and they can't get away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Hero One Thirty just posted a, a, a quote that we've been using lately. Um, at the workplace, but no, there's a long story behind <laughs> that, but, um, that made me chuckle, but yeah, you know, and in your time there, how many stores did you have to go clean up? Um, I went through, oh God, one, two, three, four, just with that company alone in the, Seven years I was with them, I averaged at least a store a year, if not more. Um, my previous company, same industry, uh, there was there was a period of time where I, I was a store manager but did not have a store. So I was essentially the regional bitch. Ooh. Where Now, I have to admit, being a district bitch is one thing. Being a regional bitch has its perks, especially when the regional manager tells you, hey, you need you because because that's the one that calls you up, not the DM, nobody else. They call you up and say, hey, I need you to go into this store and do whatever you need to do. And I've got your back. Oh, oh, really? You're, you're just going to stroke me that blank check. OK, we can do that. Um, with that one there, shit, I probably went into 20 stores. Wow. Um, I, you know, I didn't get sent on a lot of missions. I think the worst really was Jesus's craft store. And, you know, in those stores really, even, I mean, even back then when the labor was pretty good, they're, they're hard to maintain. I mean, they really are. They can get away from you really, really fast. And it takes a lot of work to get them where you need to get them. But there is nothing worse than having everything good to go. And you've got plans for the week and your DM calls you and says, Hey, I need you in a hotel, such and such, you know, cause when I was working for them, it was in the Georgia, uh, the Atlanta market. So there were a lot of stores in the district, you know, so I'm like in this one place and I'm told, well, I've got you a hotel room booked an hour away. You're going to be working at the other store for a week. And it's like, what the fuck about my own store? I mean, why, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you, and you went and uh, a lot of it was kind of fun. I mean, I will say my relationship with my DM there was better than most, but it's infuriating because you got your own shit to take care of. I mean, you already oh, spent yeah. all this time fixing your own fucking store and now they want you to go bail some other person out. Well, just fucking fire them and get a new manager. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing, too, that that I've found to be a complete screw job is for your own assistance when you're the fixer. So you you run off, you go fix a store for a week, two weeks, whatever, and your assistants hold shit down. They do a great job. But your store was already running fine. All they had to do was just keep the wheels oiled. 
no, there was this problem, that problem. They solved this. They did that. They didn't even call me about this because they'd already taken care of it. But being the fixer almost becomes a roadblock for your assistant sometimes. Um, however, now, I and I always have, I've always actively promoted anyone that's worthy of being promoted to any position. Um, you know, hey, look, we need, you know, I, I need you to next time on your visit, don't walk with me, walk with this person. Okay, why? You'll see why. Um, the the other nice thing about being an ex-fixer, and this is where I derailed uh, with being banned from a certain place forever. Um, being an ex-fixer, let's say you go to another store for something mundane like an inventory. You walk around, you look at that store, you realize this place is a clusterfuck, and you keep it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Because especially if that store is closer to home, you eventually want to weasel your way into that store, whether it's a transfer or, you know, hey, I notice uh, my store is closer to your house and your store is closer to my house. Hey, maybe we go to the boss and ask about switching only because, you know, you're going to make money. And uh, bonuses, I mean, sometimes it's such a simple fix straight in the back room, get the freight out. Oh my God! Look at that! Oh, that that store's running great now, and and the other store's not running bad at all. Okay, cool. I went in, I fixed a couple things, I made some bucks for myself. No shame in it, but it gives you the the eye to spot those opportunities where you can say, "Yeah, I could, I could take this one. I could," t-. and and not even in a challenging standpoint. It's it's really okay. I I can do a couple things without branding myself as a fixer because it's stuff that's obvious to you. It should be obvious to the district manager, which it clearly is not. And you can say, Hey, so-and-so and and I, we were talking, you know, maybe we switch stores a little closer to home. Oh, okay. And I mean, I've done it in my own role with my current employer and I'm not going to lie. It paid dividends financially. And it was all because I was over there for an inventory Saw that, I don't know, maybe four things needed to be fixed. It wasn't a complete nuclear meltdown. I wasn't taking over Chernobyl. But it was just enough. I went in, fixed it. Hey, look at that. First quarter I'm there, big fat bonus check. Talked to the previous manager. They didn't bonus at all. Well, sorry to hear that. That makes sense. Um, I will say that most places I had to go fix, though, I had no desire to go to. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, and, and that's the bad part. But, you know, inventories, I mean, one of the big keys, and it seems to be typical when SWAT teams have to go in, it's always freight. You know, it's always the back rooms packed full. Oh, yeah. And, you you know, and, and you go and you help and, and, and you work a bunch of freight and you get it out. And, and that's great. But... Um, what happens is a lot of those situations, you go bail this manager out and, you know, 12 managers go in, work all the freight. And then all of a sudden, you know, next month you get a phone call, you got to go back and do it again. And I think that says a lot about what you talked about with the DMs, you know, it was fixed, but here we are 30 days later. And as a DM, you let it get back to that point. Yep. And the DM should be in there every single week. After you have to send a cleanup crew in there. If, if you have to tell people, bring tarps and bleach 
and, and go into a store at your behest, and then you don't follow up diligently, like on a a, a more than regular basis, you're the fucking problem. Yep. One hundred percent. And I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, for the longest time, you know, my, my wife could attest to this. I, I'd walk through a store. Sometimes I'd interview with somebody and, and her and I would walk through the store. And there were times, I mean, and I got, uh, you know, I've got to give her credit. You know, she's typically right all the time. I'll never forget walking through the decor store. She's like, do you really want to do this? <laughs> and I was like, sure. And, uh, she was right. You know, she's always right. I, I, I gotta say that, but you know, some of them I'd walk through and there was a point in time where I was just like, had something to prove, but to who, you know, to myself, I mean, because, you know, my typical operation was I would go, cause I knew I was getting a shitty store wherever I got hired. I, I would walk it. I'd go in there before I actually took the job and see what I was dealing with and kind of plan out in my head what I was going to do. And typically 30 to 45 days, you know, I, being the kind of stores that I worked at, the way I did it, honestly, was I would go in and I would tell the staff that was there, handle the front end. I'd start on the very first aisle of the store and would work just about every single day until every aisle in that store was immaculate. And, and raise my hands up afterwards, like, ta-da, I'm done. And, but at the end of the day, I missed time. I mean, it was, you know, I put in too much. And I'm just glad that things happened in my life the way they have, because looking back at it, man, the amount of time I wasted doing that shit, dude, it, it, it it's not worth it. I didn't get anything out of it. I don't have anything to show for it. I mean, oh, other, no. than, other than mental scars. Um, Irish had asked... As a fixers, as a fixer, do the employees resent you? Do they view you as a corporate asshole? Um, there there were a few employees who, when it came to procedural stuff, uh, gave pushback. Oh, we've always done it way at th- this way at this store. Okay, cool, great. So you've always been wrong, and you know even even common sense, let alone corporate nomenclature, dictates. You shouldn't do that. It's just dumb. You know, you'd, you'd have a, you know, I mean, it's it's no secret. Anytime you buy a $200 battery, any auto parts store has got to get you for another $3 for those battery washers and the dielectric grease, which literally cost them five cents. Because, you know, they don't make enough profit on a battery as it is. But uh, I went into one store and they were giving it away. Every time somebody bought a battery, they would ring it up, discount it to zero, give it away. And I had a couple, you know, a couple employees. No, nah, we've always done it that way. That's the only way people will do it. And so, I said, hey, look, man, all you, all you got to do is talk to them, you know, explain this and that, and they'll they'll buy it. I mean, shit, they're already spending two hundred dollars on a battery, and yes, that came off as a corporate answer. However. Things, things turn around. It was the whole reason I was sent in there. I was doing what I thought was my job at the time. And I mean, it, it, realistically, I was just trading time for money. We all recognize that because um, thank yous, again, don't pay the bills. Um, 
I wouldn't say there was a whole lot of resent. There, there was pushback, but I was good enough at talking to people that I just didn't know on, on like a very basic level. You know, you get in there, you know, I'd, I'd walk into a store and the employees would be wearing, you know, ball cap of their favorite football team. Hey, cool. I watch football. I know who your quarterback and your coach are. So I go in, hey, yeah, you think uh, so-and-so is going to throw for over 300 this week? Oh, you a such-and-such? No, no, I'm a fan of these guys. But uh, you know, what, what do you think? And start the conversation there. And it, it was very easy to not come off as, you know, somebody sent down from atop the ivory tower in Unicorn Utopia, wherever the corporate <laughs> office is, you know, where everything is perfect and planograms are always drawn with the perfect amount of spacing. I don't know why you guys are complaining. Um, there were maybe in, in that time, oh God, like 15 years in that industry, maybe two employees that just had that, you know, fuck you, you don't work in this store attitude. You know, a lot of employees recognize when the ship is taking on water and they don't even have to be the captain. They can go, hey, uh, yeah, we're, we're kind of drowning here, man. I, we could definitely use some help. What do you suggest? Because, you know, a lot of people have that common sense as long as they're on our side of the register. Because sweet Jesus, we know anybody standing in front of the cash register, that shit checks out as soon as they cross the threshold. Common sense? Ha, huh, no, gone. They always have to ask you what 20% off $100 is. doesn't matter if they're a brain surgeon from Johns Hopkins. Yeah. Um, one thing that I had happened to me was, like I said, a lot of my SWAT missions were, you know, for Jesus's craft store. I did there, you know, a person's perception is their reality. And, oh, yeah. you know, I will say that, that there was a nickname for our DM and it was mama. All right. And very quickly, I became known as one of mama's boys. And, you know, just because I was doing what my boss told me to do. So, yep. so that did stick with me there. Um, I also found out later on one of my last gigs, uh, Russell, that, and I, and I never knew this until well, my wife says I probably should have known, but I didn't, uh, you know, evidently the perception was, I was that DM's boy too. And it just so happened that, you know, my career there, I went into a store that, you know, by all accounts had failed for 12 years as far as keeping it clean. Russell, uh, who's in the chat was part of this. He was part of this team. We cleaned it up and we were like the first people in like 12 years to get this thing decent. And it was hard, man. That That's probably the hardest location I've ever worked in. I mean, just to give you an idea, of the clientele, the the area that I was in, there were a, there was a homeless problem, there was a meth problem, there was a mental health problem, and I was dealing with people that I'll never forget. You know, somebody coming in and asking for balloons, and you know, I'm like, okay, you know, what do you want? And they picked out a bouquet of balloons that said, "It's your day," like a celebratory balloon, right? It was for a funeral. So, so that tells you what kind of people. Get well I, soon. Right. That I was dealing with. Um, 
so yes, there were people that looked at me differently there. And, you know, and it wasn't anything malicious. It's kind of like you said, you go and you do the, the job, you know, that you're asked to do. Now, one thing I do want to ask you is you're talking about this store, um, giving away stuff for free. And I do believe that what you said about a DM not being worth a damn. Don't you think a good DM would have caught the fact that that store was giving shit away for free? Oh, I said it's in a rough neighborhood. And so you had, you had mama. Um, this DM had a bowl cut. And we're talking Jim Carrey, dumb and dumber, like it got trimmed on a daily, not a hair too long. Except he had, he had that hair that didn't just lay flat. Uh, so he very quickly earned the nickname Dick Boy. And he would, he would pull up in the parking lot and I would hear one of my employees come over the radio and be like, oh God, hey, uh, just letting you know, TRB, uh, the penis is here. <laughs> and I, oh, you mean Dick Boy? Yeah. Yeah. Dick Boy's here. Um, so that was, that was fantastic. But being that Dick Boy was, you know, suburbanite white guy played golf on the weekends with his store manager, best friend who again, somehow had every fucking weekend off despite his overture of you guys can't be taking weekends off. You, you can take one out of the two days, but it can't be Saturday. So we can be off on Sunday. Well, you're probably going to need to be in there on Sunday to do tasks to start the week off. So you're telling us don't take weekends off. Okay. Well, what did, what did Dick boy junior shoot? You know, was he was he ten over par or what? That that got squashed real quick. I I'm sure they continued to play golf, but they quit posting it on their Facebook pages. Um, but yeah, it's it's the fixer. God, I, I so many so many bad memories coming back now. I hadn't mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about for for some time, but uh, yeah, I I will never do it again. I mean, even if it's a new store set up where there's no customers, nothing, nah. Nah, I'm sorry. I got a dentist appointment that day. Yeah, they're, they're doing some major work. It's going to take some time, and they're going to use anesthesia. I'm terribly sorry, boss. <laughs> well, to your point about bad memories, you know, Irish had posted earlier in the chat that it was given him PTSD because, you know, he had done this whole thing too, which he asked, what was your, what's your opinion of HR? Useless. Pretty universal. Easiest one word answer I can give it. Absolutely useless. HR is nothing more than a bunch of teeth suckling paralegals who are just bathed in the lie that they're here for you. When in actuality, all they're doing is protecting the company from getting sued for anything. Yep. We've went over that ad nauseum. I, I just, HR is not your friend ever. I mean, no. Uh, hybrid, I know you, you had sent me that message. What was it when you walk in and LP and the DM is in your store, nothing good can come from that. It's kind of the same thing. And yep. Ranty, would you not agree? And, and everybody in the chat, uh, this is something I thought about the other day. We know our gut does not lie. We know when certain people are in our building the bad shit's going on. Would you, would you agree, Ranty? Oh, absolutely. 
if if the DM plus one shows up, something's fishy. If the party is three or bigger, shit's going down. Shit is going down guaranteed. My my previous DM, fucking asshole that he is and still is, to the point where not long after I got fired, uh, I ran into the store manager that took over my location. Uh, he had been informed by that same DM. If I ever set foot in there, he was not to engage or even speak to me, but to only call the police. Okay. All right. Yeah. Once again, apparently you were scared of me because somebody might have sent you a dick pic. But anyhow, um, <laughs> yeah, if if three or more show up, shit is going down and it's not any kind of active investigation. It's nothing that's a slow boil. If that party is three or more, shit is going down within 15 minutes of them walking in the door. And if your name is called, depending on the severity of what you know you may or may not have done, Hell, it might it might be time to just say, all right, well, I'll see you guys later. Have a nice day. Drop the keys and just walk out. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, real quick, Iron Maiden says, I remember being the fixer to stores with low credit card applications because our numbers were so high. And it was torture because some people just don't want credit cards. Also turns out that our best cashier was scamming people into opening cards by promising they would get a discount, which they only got if they got approved. Oh, God. There's the, that, you know, that's that's honestly, if I had four C's of retail, credit card would be, I don't know if it counts as four and five because they both start with C. Um, of course, it's customers, coupons, corporate um, but credit card, I mean, has anybody ever looked at the terms of an in-house credit card? No, they never do. <laughs> no, and they're the fucking worst, the lowest. And I mean the lowest interest rate I have ever seen on a store credit card was 30%. Damn. And I, I had a customer going to apply for it, and it was only because he was making a large purchase. I said, hey, you know, if you, you know, if you're spending this much, you know, if you want to do the credit card, you get interest deferred for up to 18 months, you know, since you're spending over, I think it's like 1500 bucks or whatever it is. And he said, okay, cool, I'll do it. And he got 90% of the way through the application. And unlike 99% of the people that do anything inside of a store that don't work there, he read. And as he's scrolling through the screen, he goes, holy shit. 29.99%? Mm-hmm. He said, you know what? I'll just put it on my Amex. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, if if you can do it, man, I am not going to argue because the second, if you have a dollar balance at, at, you know, 18 months in a day, guess what? All that interest on that 15, 25, however much he was spending, all that interest comes back at you on that day. He's like, no. 30% and you know he he then you know goes on to tell me how much he makes a year and what his credit score is other things I could really not give a fuck about but I'm just like look man I'm looking out for you you're you're telling me you're doing it for this okay cool I'm telling you yes no matter what your credit score is if it's minus 200 or 820 or whatever the max is cuz I, I will never know um it's it's 30% that's what Jeez. you're going to pay Yep. Unbelievable. 
it is unbelievable. Uh, it and, and and where you worked, I'm almost a hundred percent sure you sold extended warranties too, didn't you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, I've worked for several companies and do that. I'm I'm going to just go on record as saying Guitar Centers was good. All right, uh, Guitar mm-hmm. Centers was excellent, but everywhere else was not. When I worked for Kmart, which I'll say Kmart out loud because they only have two damn stores left. <laughs> so come and they don't me. know how to use the internet. No, they don't. So um, I'll never forget reading the terms of their quote unquote smart plan, um, and it was like will not cover incidents from acts of God or war. And I'm like, well, okay. So that means floods, you're not going to cover, you know, it, it's, it, and you're paying the, the most horrible thing. And my oldest son worked for GameStop at one time. And we used to, to just chuckle about, and it was the same way at Kmart, us trying to sell extended warranties on like video games and CDs. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Let's talk about disc rot, which is happening. You know, none of those warranties cover against disc rot. Nope. (laughs) So it's like whatever. But, you know, it's it's, I I just don't know. I mean, oh, and Hero says, they'll ship your pants. God, I worked there when that went down. That was the most terrible thing I've ever fucking seen. Ever. So that's so just just a sidebar on that. The the pandemic has taken stores and companies that have never, they've never done any kind of shipping to a customer ever from the store level and turned almost every store into a ship from store location. And if you want to talk about a raging clusterfuck, ship from store is one of the worst ideas they ever had. They looked at it purely from a dollar amount. Okay, we don't have to buy another one from a vendor. The store in Chattahoochee, has you know those those jeans in stock and we can just have them send those jeans from there to the customer and you know in Lompoc but oh my god they have inundated the stores to the point and I mean and it, and it includes even pickup you know click list at Kroger and shit like that yeah I I won't shop at Kroger because I have to navigate an aisle with 15 fucking aircraft carriers <laughs> and people picking orders so somebody could come get it at their scheduled appointment at 7.30. I mean, look, I'm for the convenience, but Jesus Christ, does your does your shopping cart for the online order have to be the size of a Buick Roadmaster? Yeah. Um, speaking of that, Kmart tried to do this my gopher thing, that ship from store crap. Oh. My God, that was that was awful because they had it programmed into our radios and it'd be like, there's a my go for order. And I mean, Kmart was a shit show anyway. They had no business even trying to do that. But yeah. here, but but here we were. And no, no surprise. There's only two stores left. And actually, I think one of them just closed. I think the last two are in New Jersey and one of them just shut down. So not a surprise. So- so we can so we can count on the last Kmart on Netflix in about ten years, where the you know it'll be a you know the opening will be the blue light flashing and you were you a child of the eighties oh yeah Do you remember Kmart well let's take you on a nostalgic tour of the last Kmart left in Juneau Alaska oh that's awesome but you know full disclosure when I was a young boy and actually when I was into my teens Kmart was the shit their deli Absolutely. was great. They had these things called Jojo fries, which were like these battered, like potato planks. Shit. 
That was the bomb. And then they went all to hell. Um, real quick, I, I, I've got a question for you, Ranty, and a question for the chat. What do you think about in the very near future an episode with you, myself, and Irish Connection? I'm sold already. I'm actually I'm actually looking at the chat myself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Let's just let's just set it up, get a date and time, and uh, and I'm good to go. Irish, see Irish message me on the side on the low low while we're we're talking, and and we love you. Oh, you, you Irish you, Irish is on screen three. Oh yeah, you 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 fit all this perfectly. And I'm sorry that you haven't been on the mic for two years because it sounds like that's a damn shame. You should have been. So, so. and like I said, I, so when I, when I revealed, you know, and put a face to the name on, uh, on Periscope years ago, um, I, I knew that that probably wasn't the best idea I ever had. Um, furthermore, my employer has somehow marked, I don't know if it's my Twitter handle or the old URL for the show, um, but I, I have checked, and there are some subtle references to why I quit slash got fired. Because so another great you know shine off moment that I had was you know I've got these three ass hats they're behind the store they're talking to me you know oh, you said you come upon a lady to the moon I don't know what you're talking about blah 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 it, it, there were, there came a point in that interrogation because it wasn't an interview um, I I knew they had me and even if they hadn't even if I hadn't said all right fuck it I quit right then and there I knew the bullseye on my back was so big that I could never do another show while working there again. Because furthermore, I knew at some point a reference to these three dickheads would come up. Um, so I, I looked at the one district manager who I'd never really worked with, shook his hands. It was nice meeting you. Uh, I looked at the HR girl and I said, I don't know why you're here. You don't do shit. <laughs> I turned to my DM and I said, good luck. Go fuck yourself. I held the keys out in my hand, and as soon as he stuck his little mitt out to grab them, I fired them out across the street and said, fetch, boy. Those are the last two words I ever said to him. Well, I guess the last four were the best. It was, fuck you, fetch, boy. Um, and as I turned to walk back in the door, I walked him. I, I watched him start walking to go get the keys. Um and, you know, I was, I was in a moment of rage and all that. I didn't say anything to any of my employees. Obviously, they've been around me enough. They know the rule of three coming in for a visit. Shit's going to go down. Shit went down. Uh, I made it to my car and started it. And my phone exploded. Text messages, people trying to call. Um, and I, I just, you know, I gave it a couple hours. Gave it a couple hours. And, uh, you know, after that, I talked to everybody. Uh, I actually had three employees uh, one who was an assistant manager and two part-timers who were there at the time of it going down uh, that told me that they had looked the DM straight in the eye and quit on the spot. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, oh, I like that. Yeah. Iron Maiden. <laughs> yes, that is epic. It, I'm telling you, it's an image burned in my brain forever and I love it. You know, I want to say from that story alone, ladies and gentlemen, 
not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> That's some great shit. So, listen, man, um, I'd like to have you back on anytime you want to be on. Uh, I have enjoyed this greatly. Um, you obviously, as Irish and I were discussing, you know, why this is going on, you obviously know your shit. And it's a shame that, you know, what happened to you happened and you need to be back on the mic. So let's work some shit out. I, I am on board with that. I will gladly accept any invite that you throw at me. Like I said, we make the schedules work and, uh, and I, I'm, I'm absolutely on board. And, and again, I appreciate everybody in the chat. Um, although I do, I do have to bring up one, one thing. So, and this is just me personally. Um, I 100% agree with employees are more than a controllable expense. Hot damn. What, what, what's, my, the, what's the meme? One of us. One of us. <laughs> yes. But my take on it is employees are an investment. Amen. And I simply look at that from the standpoint of even if I invest my time in you and make you a better cashier and you go somewhere else, you're better off. You've, you've left, especially if it's a shithole company. And you said, hey, I got an offer to go, you know, go work at Target. You know, they really like me in my interview. A lot of the things that you taught me, you know, helped me get that job. I brought those things up in the interview. Hey, look, they're going to pay me 15 bucks an hour. You know, you guys are paying 950. Hey, by all means, go. I'm never going to stop you for bettering yourself. Um, but, you know, to, to, to make corporate try and understand it, I say it's an investment because, okay, we're going to pay this this guy or girl 10 bucks an hour. Okay. If I don't invest anything in them, they're not going to bring any return on that investment to you as the company who's funding that 10 bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour isn't coming out of my pocket. But if I take the time or, you know, my assistant managers, supervisors, anybody takes their time and says, Hey, when you're doing this, try and do it this way. Or, Hey, you know, don't, don't just, you know, Hey, uh, you paying with your credit card? Don't start like that. You know, hey, just be a little, be a little more personable. I'm not, I'm not asking you to give them a fucking hand job when they come up to the register. Just, just be a little more personable. Anything. Now, all of a sudden, productivity goes up, and the company starts making more money on on simple little investments. And now the return on investment continues to grow. And I, again, their their own and my investments in them. Yeah, it might lead them somewhere in the company. It might lead them somewhere else. But I know they've left a better person. I know they've left a better employee, at least. And just another quick point. I will always hire people based on their personality. I have never hired anyone based on a resume. I've never hired anyone based on where they went to school. I've never based any kind of hiring decision on their GPA. I could give a fuck if you have a GED or a PhD because I can teach you everything in the store pertaining to the job I'm hiring you for. I can't teach you how to not be an asshole. Man, this has been fucking fantastic. And let me just tell you, I needed this because <laughs> obviously the, the subject matter we've been covering recently has been pretty dark. And <laughs> yeah, and damn, if this is not a great way to get back into the swing of things, um, 
amazing. Thank you so much, you know, oh. for, for, for coming on. We're, we're, look, as long as you're down, we're going to do a lot in the future, sir. Like I said, over here on screen three, <laughs> I got shit blowing <laughs> up. And, um, yeah, this has been fantastic. So, uh, having said that, if going forward in the future, if there's anything that that is burning your ass up that you want to talk about, shit, dude, just send a, send me a message and and, and we'll go. And I know April. I'm going to try to get some servers on. I've got a couple of people, and also in April, I have uh, a lady who did a study on um, protective gear for grocery workers. They actually did a study out west with grocery stores talking about how it worked and what the statistics were on PPE for grocery workers versus not having them. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you clarified PPE because if you were talking about grocery workers in Detroit, that would be a totally different kind of protective gear. Oh, oh yes, yes. Those are riot shields and, and pistols <laughs> but um, and batons and tasers. Please make sure your bulletproof vest is on underneath your apron. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, I can do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you know, uh, Monday, you know, I, I can do whenever, but this has been fucking fantastic. I, I want to thank you. And, and I also want to say congratulations to getting back on the microphone after you haven't been on in a while. You obviously know what you're doing and that is fantastic. Um, Irish and I will be in touch with you. Excellent. Excellent. I, and I have, I have to thank you. And again, everybody in the chat for this, for this catharsis, because again, I really haven't gotten on the mic and talked retail and, you know, all the shit we deal with on a daily basis in, in, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even do a dedicated retail podcast since 2018. Um, the last show I did again, it was more of, uh, you know, we, we just did some goofy shit and we got drunk on the air. It was fun. Well, I mean, here's the thing, like you said on Twitter, two years worth of retail angst built up so that's a lot of content bro oh yeah oh yeah and i i will uh i will catch up with you offline here and if i can unearth some of the old episodes that i have saved here in uh in audacity i'll send you a few send me some absolutely awesome so thank you once again this has been fucking fantastic um good things good things uh everybody uh wednesday not real sure yet We'll see what happens. Uh, We'll be crossing over into server month here very soon. We've got some takers there. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows what the next topic's going to be? But as always, I want to thank everybody for being here. The audio will go up for this uh, here in the next couple of hours or whatnot once I download it and convert it over, and then we'll be good to go. And also remember Friday, part two uh, of the retail therapy sessions will be up. That's worth listening to because... I incriminate myself greatly with workplace shenanigans. Trust me, there's some crazy shit in there. You'll enjoy. You'll actually laugh. So, and Blame Tag had a really, really good one too. And I want to thank Cranky Manager for participating in that as well. That was a great conversation. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. She is excellent. It's nice. You know, we get Irish Connection and his, you know, take on what's going on in Ireland. And then Cranky's in Canada. So we get that too. So fantastic stuff. But everybody, thank you so much for being here. And we will see you next time. Peace out.